What is up, beautiful people? It is your host, the one and only Rose Gold, and I am back with you today for another episode of Heartbreak Hill Podcast. Y'all already know what's going on. Now, this episode is going to be a continuation of the episode that I dropped last week, which was part one of a series that I'm doing called Dating a Demon. Okay, now it was it was some good stuff last week. Okay, so make sure you go back and check it out if you have not already. Um, and we're gonna go ahead and just continue that. This will be the final episode of this series, and we're gonna continue this thing on. Okay, we're gonna continue dropping episodes every week for y'all on Wednesdays. Um, keep it locked. I got some good stuff today. Yo, yo, yo! It's your girl Rose Gold, and thank you for tuning in for an episode of Heartbreak Hill Podcast. Here, we are breaking hearts and blowing minds one conversation at a time. Catch us weekly on all podcast platforms. Beginning February of 2022, catch us Wednesdays at 7 p.m. on Comcast Channel 17. Don't forget, if you have an email or a question you would like to have read on air, please send us an email to hbhp at heartbreakhillpodcast.com. While you're at it, don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at Heartbreak Hill Podcast. Now let's break some hearts and blow some minds, shall we? What's up? What's up? What's up? If you are just now getting here, we are discussing part two of an episode that I dropped last week about dating demons. Okay. Now I know I'm saying dating demons, but as I said previously, you could totally be married to a demon and not know it. You can be in relationship with a demon and not know it. You can have a friend that's a demon and really and truly not know it. Okay. So, um, I want to clarify the myth that Heartbreak Hill podcast is just about relationships. No, this is not just about romantic relationships. These are about our relationships with people in general. Okay. And as I stated last year, or excuse me, last episode, you can totally be in relationship with this type of demonic force, right? And it not be romantic. Okay. Demons have no respect of persons. And last week I kind of outlined what exactly a demon is how they kind of form. But today we're going to talk about how they show up, how you can kind of detect what are some demonic um, actions that a demon will take if they're in your, in your life, excuse me, by way of friendship, by way of romance, heck, even family members, right? That's what we're going to get into today and kind of give you the tools that you need to be able to recognize these things. But then also at the very end, I'm going to give you some tips on what you can do if you feel that you are dealing with demonic forces okay now y'all already know what time it is before we get into the actual content it's time for some daily De Niro, okay where we are giving you tips about your bag about your body and about your bible let's get into it yes 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 so today on daily De Niro, i told you guys that with this new season and moving beyond not only are we going to be giving you tips and interesting facts for your body for your bag and for your bible but also we're going to start off daily De Niro each week with a new word okay this all kind of started if you've been following me for a while you understand that i've had some issues when it comes as far as cussing right and so one way that i have decided to kind of minimize my cussing is by increasing my vocabulary. Okay, I'm an avid reader. I love books. I would pick a book over watching TV or a movie any any day. But what I realized is that I was cursing so much because I didn't have really the vocabulary that I needed to express myself, if that makes sense. Okay, so I'm gonna share some of that with y'all. Word of the day. Word of the day is insipid. Okay, word of the day is going to be called insipid. Okay, now insipid is an adjective. Okay, it means dull or boring. Okay, an adjective is a describing word. Okay, here's how it's used in a sentence. We were surprised when our insipid neighbor sang karaoke at the bar. Okay, insipid. I have the spelling on the screen there for those of you who are watching us. And if you're not watching us on any sort of platform, why not? Why are you only just listening? Go ahead and get this visual, okay, by way of YouTube, or you can go to our also go to our website and get this content as well. Okay, let's go ahead and get into daily De Niro. Okay, starting off with your body. Did you know that anxiety is actually a brain thing? 
Okay, even though you feel anxiety through your body when you're having an anxiety attack or when you're feeling anxious, you feel it in your body, it actually starts in your mind. So I'm going to give you a small tip that you can use the next time you find yourself getting ready to have an anxiety attack or you're just feeling increasingly anxious. Okay, now here's something that you should know. You have a natural need to focus on net on negative things. Okay, that's the way that our brain is wired. And our brain is wired that way in order to keep us safe. Okay, evolution has made our brains focus on the negative so that we can avoid being killed so we can avoid dying okay we focus on fear so that we can combat that fear in order to stay alive that's how our brain works think about facebook comments or when you think about compliments and criticisms a hundred people can say something nice to you but if that one person says something bad or criticizes you in a certain type of way then you know right away you focus on that negative thing and the same thing happens when it comes to anxiety okay so your brain has the fight or flight responses when it comes to being anxious. Your brain will either maybe try to set, shut down or begin working over time to keep you safe. So the next time you feel a wave of anxiety coming, you can always kind of feel that build up. You kind of know when you're getting ready to feel anxious or when you are getting ready to have kind of that anxiety or panic attack. Here's something that you can do. You can ground yourself with a senses exercise. Okay, By senses, I mean height, smell, um, hearing, what is it, touch and seeing. Okay, you can ground yourself. So the next time you are doing something and you feel yourself feeling like anxious, you feel your heart start to beat fast, or you feel, you know, kind of that. Here's what you do: call out three things that you love to taste: strawberries, caramel, chocolate. Okay, three things you love to hear. I like to hear jazz. I like gospel music, and I like R and B. Okay, three things that you love to see. I love to see babies smile. I love to see rainbows. And I really love to see other people happy. Okay. Three things that you love to smell. I love the smell of new money coming from the bank. Amen. I love the smell of freshly baked cookies. And I love the smell of juicy couture perfume. Okay. Three things that you love to feel against your skin. I am a silk woman. I love silk on my skin. I love the feeling of feathers or like fur on my skin. Okay. Not just any kind of fur, but like fur from coats, things like that. Sorry, Peter. Um, and then I love to feel touch. I love hugs. Okay. I love holding hands, that type of things. So if you can take each one of your five senses and you can call out three things for each one of those five senses that by studying, by definition will help ease that um, anxiety in that moment. It's kind of like an instant fixer, if you will. And last but not least, you can always say a quick prayer, okay? God, please help me to stop feeling anxious right now. Just something simple that you can do for those of us that struggle with anxiety, okay? Next up, for your bag, okay? This is gonna be specifically for my small business owners or for people that are maybe thinking about starting a small business, okay? Bookkeeping practices. Listen, I cannot tell you I have been a small business owner for the last five years of my life. The worst part about being a small business owner is bookkeeping, especially when it comes to taxes, okay? It used to be in the first early years of me owning businesses that taxes would be something that I'll wait until the absolute deadline in April to go ahead and do. And that's because I did not have excellent bookkeeping strategies that I'm going to give you, okay? I'm going to give you five ways that you can keep track of your books as a small business owner without having to wait until tax season to go ahead and get that stuff uh, in order, okay? Don't be like me. The first two years, disaster. Sorry, IRS. Sorry, state. I know that I sent you guys in some messed up stuff, but I'm better now in Jesus' name, okay? Five practices for bookkeeping if you're a small business owner or you could even do this for your home. It doesn't have to be like a small business. You could use these same practices for your budget that you have within your household. Okay. I like to think of running your household as a business as well. Okay. Number one, you could always hire a professional or get free budgeting services. Okay. There are churches in your areas, Lutheran social services, which I believe is all across the United States of uh, the Salvation Army. You can meet with people that will sit down with you and help you budget for free. All you got to do, go into Google. We live in a, a technology age, you guys. Go into Google, type in your zip code, and then type in free budgeting services, okay? If you don't want to do the free things and you have very specific things that you need help with, you can hire an accountant for as little as $50 an hour, okay? Use things like Upwork. Um, there's another thing, uh, Fever or Fiverr, I believe is how you pronounce it. Go on Google and find these services, okay? It will save you a lot of headache in the future, 
A lot of headache in the future. Number two, make sure you separate your business and personal experiences, excuse me, expenses. I cannot tell you guys how many times, okay, that I thought when I was first starting out with owning a business that I could just keep track. As long as, you know, I put a little memo or I put a little note, excuse me, next to my business expenses, that I could still do all of that operating out of my personal account. Do not do that, okay? God forbid you ever get audited or anything like that. You don't want those transactions being a part of your personal account. Okay. Get you a business account. It's simple. In fact, I've learned as long as you have an EIN number from the IRS, it is extremely easy for you to open up a bank account with your business EIN number. It's worth it. Please do it. Keep. And if you don't have, you can't do that right now. Let's say you have a business operating in cash. Okay. Cash flow only business. Keep your cash from your business separate from your personal finances. Please do that. Okay. Number three, track your revenue and your expenses. Keep track of the money that you make each week. A lot of people tell you to do this each month. Don't do that. Okay. Keep track of the money that you bring in on a weekly basis. Just write it down somewhere. Keep it. In, I keep it on the spreadsheet. I love Google Sheets, okay, because it makes it easy. I have week one of whatever month I'm in. For example, June, week one, I made this much. June, week two, I made this much. Keep track of what you are bringing in. Also, on a weekly basis, keep track of what you spend out of your business money on supplies, um, whether that be paying your staff. Whether that be if you, you know, like I said, if you have a cash flow business, whatever you are using to keep that business going, okay, whatever you spend as far as keeping your business operating, keep track of that. Save your receipts, okay? If you don't use receipts, maybe you use a debit card for your expenses, keep track of those and check in with yourself each week. Write that down. Find a place to write that down. Find a place to record that electronically. Whatever you do, keep track. Okay. Number four, this is actually something that I've implemented for the last year and a half of my life. Game changer. Sit down at the end of every month and track and budget your money. You should be at a place even because I know business funds can fluctuate, right? Sometimes, you know, you're making a lot of money with your business and sometimes you're not. I have those moments too. There are days when I bring in lots for the business. There are days when I don't. Right. And so what you want to do is you want to, at the end of every month, you have to have some kind of stable income. This is why it's important to still work a job until your business can consistently. And when I say consistently over a year or more, bring in all the money you need for your expenses. You should be working a job multiple if you if you need to or have some type of side hustle. However, you get the money to come in on a consistent basis. Make sure, people, that you have a time that you sit down. Now, I like to do it at the end of the month. So like for me, uh, just a few weeks ago, I sat down and I did all of May's budgeting. OK, budget the money that you're going to get ready to spend and the money that you have already spent. OK, a lot of times when you hear about budgeting, they just want you to talk about all of the things that you have spent. No, think about what's coming up. Think about what's going to be, you know, have all of your bills in a line and have them in order by due date. OK, if your rent is due at the first of the month, then your rent should be the first thing on your expense list. If your cable bill is due on the 15th, then your cable bill should be a little bit further down on the list. But have all of your bills, have all, have all of the due dates and then make sure you include your leisure and your other activities, the things that you like to do. If you smoke squares, make sure that your squares are on the list. You know, if you have other things that you engage in. Make sure you include your vices. That was the number one thing that I messed up on um, when I was beginning to budget. I didn't include my leisure activities. I didn't include when I was going out with my friends. I didn't include those type of things. I would include things like going out to eat, but I wouldn't include like, you know, birthday party gifts or like if I'm going to, you know, get a bottle for a function and we all getting together. I didn't include those things. So make sure you include those things. Okay. Keep track. Do it once a month. Sit down once a month. Write out your bills. Write out your expenses. Okay. Last but not least, make sure you have a budget for emergencies. Okay. How do you budget for emergencies? You can't do that. It's hard to budget for emergencies. So what do you do instead is you budget for an emergency fund. You have enough money to put something aside. I don't, it doesn't matter if it's $4 or $5 at the end of the month, get in the habit of putting aside some money. There's this myth that goes on in our communities, specifically black and brown communities, where we think 
I don't have enough money to save. Let me tell you something about saving. Saving is not a, a matter, and I just learned this. Saving is not a, a, a matter of how much money you have, okay? Saving is about a habit of putting money away. That's what saving is. So don't think in your mind that if I make more money, I'll be able to save. No, you won't, dear. You won't save if you make more money. You save right now by putting away $5, $10. It doesn't matter. Each paycheck put aside $5. And if you find yourself steady, constantly dipping into that pool of savings, you need to make more money. You need to create a cushion in your budget and in your finances where you can put money away, even if it's just $5 of untouched money. Now, I don't know about saving for retirement. I'm not a financial expert. I have experience, work experience in banking and things like that, but I'm not an expert. So I don't know how much you should be saving, but I can tell you to start somewhere, even if it's just $5 a month. Okay. Last but not least, interesting fact about your Bible. Okay. Death by translation, death for translation used to be a real thing. Did you know that once upon a time in this world, if you were caught translating the Bible and by translating, I mean to a different language, okay, you would be killed. Okay. It is a little known fact, Bible fact that not so long ago, translating the Bible into any language other than Latin, okay, could get you killed. Okay. John Wycliffe went ahead and did it anyway translating the Bible into English in the 14th, 14th century, okay? 43 years after his death, the Roman Catholic Church dug up his corpse, burned it, and threw the ashes into the, rib, into the river for punishing them for his supposed sins, okay? There was a time in our history where nobody wanted the Bible in any other language besides Latin because they knew that certain words would not translate into English, Okay, and so when you hear a lot of people opposed to the Bible nowadays, they will say, well, the Bible has been translated. It has. The Bible has been translated into thousands of different languages. Okay, um, another early translator, William Tyndale, was burnt at the stake for heresy in 1536. Ironically, these days there are 58 English language versions of the Bible for sale, and there are hundreds of Bibles for sale that have been translated into other languages besides English. Now, I want to let you in on a secret. Yes, the Bible has been translated into lots of different languages, okay? But, but the point of the Bible never changes. So even though there are some words in English, for example, the there, thou, and all of those different types of things, some of those things don't translate. The meat has translated through generations and through thousands of years of time. The meat, which is that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The stories of Mark, Luke, and Matthew, how they never met each other, but they all had same accounts of interactions of Jesus. Okay? These things... Isaiah, the prophets, uh, Malachi, and all of them, their stories never changed throughout these translations, okay? So the next time, if you're a believer of the Bible, like I am, the next time somebody tries to come to you with that mess and tell you, yeah, the Bible can't be real because it's been translated, I want you to let them know, yes, the Bible has been translated into lots of different languages. And even though there may be words in terms of settings that are different, the meat, the main point of the Bible is the same. Keep it locked. After this commercial, we'll go ahead and get into the content of today, which is Dating the Demon, part two. Our Break Hill podcast is made possible only by the donations of viewers and listeners just like you. If you would like to find out other ways that you can support the show, please take a look at the description of today's episodes. Liking or sharing our videos or our podcast ratings is also another way that you can help support. Speak Minneapolis Network is a network located in Minneapolis, Minnesota that brings media to people like you and me. Please check the show notes for more information on Speak Minneapolis. The war in Ukraine is still going on, people. If you are looking for an organization that actually places the funds that you donate to the war, please check out United24. This organization not only helps the troops, but it also sends supports to immigrants who have been displaced from Ukraine due to the war. Check the show notes for more information. If you're looking for a way to volunteer this summer or possibly forever, take a look at Engine. Engine is a program that was created by Ukrainian American Katrina Manoff. 
This organization helps to teach English to Ukrainian immigrants who have been possibly displaced by the war. More information is available in the description of today's episode. All right. Thank you guys so much. If you are just now joining here, welcome to Heartbreak Hill Podcast. Okay, where we are breaking hearts, blowing minds, one conversation at a time. Okay, our point in all of this, the whole entire point of this podcast is to make sure that we are training you for the marathon of life. Okay, now, Dayton a Demon, we last week went on ahead and we were able to point out some characteristics of a demon. Some of the things that they do, excuse me, some of the things that they, how they kind of manifest. We went over the limitations of demons. Um, we went over some really good stuff about the background of demons. So if you haven't already, I encourage you, pause this episode and go ahead and take a look at um, part one, because it, it'll help give you the context for that, which I'm about to say. So how can you recognize a demon? Okay. Um, how can you tell that if the person you're dating, okay, the person that you were friends with, the person that you might be married to, your children, your family members, how can you tell? I'm going to tell you how. First and foremost, the one way how demons show up, how they show up, they will show up rejecting Christ. Okay? Rejection of Christ. Now, hear me out. I'm going to stay on this topic for a little bit because you have people that do not believe in Christ because they've never heard of Christ. You have people that don't believe in Jesus because they think that Christians are are worshiping a, a God outside of the main God, okay? Christianity is one God that appears in three different forms. Just like human beings are mind, body, and soul, our God appears in the same way. We have God the Father, God the Son, and then the Holy Spirit, which is with us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, mind, body, and soul. Okay, so rejection of Christ is different. When a person rejects Christ, okay, they have different disrespectful things to say about God. They will try to convince you. They will even maybe get mad at you when they see you doing things like reading your Bible, fellowshipping at church, um, praying, listening to gospel music. If those things are happening, that is a rejection of Christ. Like I said, there's a difference between rejecting Christ and not knowing enough about Christ in order to praise him. Because I have friends and family members that do not believe in Christ. They're not Christians. But you know what they do? They let me believe what I want to believe. You understand what I'm saying? You see that that keen and distinct difference there? They are okay with the fact that I am a believer in Christ and that I worship the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that I'm in communion with the Trinity. But when you have a person that rejects that, that, like I said, gets mad with you, doesn't want you to go to church, they get mad at you when they hear you listening to gospel music, uh, they don't want you to read your Bible, they try everything in their power to get you, or they, or, or they throw insults. There's no God. They're, you know, um, this is stupid. You're believing in this stupid thing. You're going to that stupid church. Demonic. That is a sign of a demonic entity. Now, I'm not saying that the person is a demon, okay? Because remember, like I said last week, this is a shell. We, 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 we're just passing by. None of this is not our home. We are spirits having a human experience. Okay, every person that you meet is not a really a person. There's a spirit in that person. You understand what I'm saying by that? So I'm not saying that, you know, this person is a demon. I'm telling you that they have demonic influence, period. And it doesn't matter who that is. That could be a parent. That could be your husband. That could be your wife. That could be a child. That could be a family member. That could be your boyfriend, your girlfriend. Like I said last week, demons have no respect of person. Let me keep going. Okay. Number two, they will speak subtle fear into you. Demons operate, demonic forces operate off of fear. Okay, so they will speak subtle fear into you about people, places and things. What do I mean by subtle fear? 
you have a friend. This is just an example, but it's a real way. Let's say you have a friend that has always been and done right by you. Sometimes what a demon will do is they will drop subtle hints to you to get you to doubt that person and their integrity. Now they will do this. Maybe that person is not a friend. Maybe that person is a family member of yours. Somebody that you're close to or that you hold in high esteem. You hold that person in high esteem. The demon will try to get you to be fearful of that person. You have a friend or a family member and you guys are really close. And the demon may say something to you like, I thought I seen your credit card in that person's car. And you may say, no, they would never do that. You may take up for that person and say, no, they they will never do that. And that demon will say, okay. And they'll just kind of leave it alone. But you see how they've planted that seed in your mind? I'll give you another example. I have a friend. I'm actually friends with a lot. I have friends that are couples that I'm married. I have about three three couples that are friends that I'm married. And one of them, um, I love her so much. She had a person come to her and say, you know, you should really watch out for Rose. I wouldn't trust her around my man. Now, my friend, I have never given her a reason to think that I would ever do anything with her husband or, or, or even look at him in a kind of way. First of all, just ill. You know, I look at him as a brother, but I'm saying I have never given her any reason to think that I would be after. But the demon, who was another friend of hers, came and whispered that small little thing. And my friend rejected that right there on the spot, rejected it. No, absolutely not. I've known her too long to know that she doesn't do that. She would never do that to me. She she would never do that to me. My friend was able to take up for me. And I love her for that to this day. Shout out to Joyce and Johnson. I love you, girl. But that is an example of how demons will come into your life and they will plant seeds of fear. Plant seeds of fear into your mind about a person in order to get you to look at that person sideways. Because we have to remember, demons cannot create. So this demon that came to my friend, she knew that there was no way that she could create a lie about he say or she say. So instead, what demons will do, they will plant small, small, small seeds. I'll give you another example. I had a family member. And they said to me, I have a family member that I'm really close with and she has a boyfriend and her boyfriend told her one day, you know, I thought that I, I seen on a piece of paper that Rose had something in your name. My family member said, absolutely not. She doesn't, she doesn't deal with identity theft. She would never do that. And if she wanted something, she would ask me, which is true. I would never do that and open up accounts and all that in people's name. I've seen it go wrong too many times. Even when I was in, the street life or whatever you want to call it. I didn't deal in robbings and identity theft because I'm smart enough to know wise enough. God has given me wisdom enough to know. Let me correct that. That when you take something from somebody, God will take something from you. It's inevitable. I don't do them type of thing. I don't play them type of games. You understand what I'm saying? And so the demon will try to plant subtle fear inside of you. And one way that you could combat this is you have to think about the person. When you have a demon, that is trying to plant fear in you about somebody else, think about that person. Think about their character. Think about who they have been to you as long as you've known them. And have they ever done anything that makes you doubt their integrity? And that right there will let you know this demon is trying to point fear in me. Now, where we make mistakes at is oftentimes we like to call the demon out and say, that's a demonic thought, don't you do it? No, 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 no. Because remind you, this is done subtly. So if you confront the demon and say, how could you, you're, you're a demon, you're being that. All they'll do is deny it and say, no, I'm just looking out for you. I'm just looking out for you. I just want you to be safe. No, you combat it with truth. No, that person will never do that. I know her. She would never do that. Moving right along. Four, this is a big one. They will force committed things, but not want to be committed to you. Anytime you got a boyfriend or a girlfriend and they're in a rush to have kids by you, they talking to you about having a baby, as flattering as that may sound to some of us. Oh, he told me he want me to have his baby, girl. (laughs) That is a demon. That is a demon. 
And I know that that may sound, mind you, when people are under demonic influence, sometimes they don't know it. But I'm here to tell you, when a person is trying to force committed things on you, but does not want to be committed to you, that's demonic. They are trying to trap you. Why would you want a baby by a person that you don't want to marry or be with long term? And for those of you who are saying it, I have an episode coming out in July about the benefits of marriage. All of this, the white man marriage, and I don't, we don't have, we don't need a piece of paper to prove our marriage. That's a product of white supremacy. That, that whole thing, slaves could not get married for a reason. There was a reason behind why slaves had to sneak and get married and why they still found it important to get married. That's another subject. I don't want to go off too off of topic, but they will force community. They want to move in with you. They want to buy you a house. They want you to move into their home, but they ain't saying nothing about getting married to you. Your friends, they want to do, they want to do business with you, but they don't want to go under contract. They don't want to draft up a contract and do this thing for real. And you, when you mention something about a contract, they don't want to do it. Demonic forces. Okay. And, and, and the reason th this is the thing. Having a committed situation, like having a baby by somebody or moving in with somebody before you get married, there are no advantages to that. You will hear people tell you things like, I would never move in with somebody and marry them before getting married to them because I need to know how they operate. I need to know. Let me tell you something as a person in the mental health field. You want to know a secret? Divorce rates do not go down. Because you've lived with somebody before you got married with them. <laughs> Do you know that? This is things that, 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 that are not public information. It's not something. Your, your divorce, you don't, you don't have a better chance of staying married with someone because you live with them first. Because marriage is not about that. You understand what I'm saying? So this person will want to engage in committed acts, sex. If only you knew how powerful sex really is. It is one of the most powerful forces on this earth. It's up there with love. Sex is up there with love in terms of the power that it has to bind you with somebody. They want to they wanna nail you to the cross. They want to lay pipe like a plumber, but they don't want to be committed to you. They don't want to be boyfriend and girlfriend with you. Demon. They're trying to drop something off in you. Maybe it's not a disease. But I have an episode about spiritually transmitted diseases. Some things can only have access to you. Certain demons can only get inside of you through sex. It's deep, y'all. So they will want to do committed things. But they won't want to commit to you. Demonic. Demonic. Let me keep going. Okay. You will have to betray yourself. In order to keep this relationship afloat. Betray yourself. Now how does betray yourself? Demons cannot create. They can only corrupt. So what the demon will try to do is get you. To betray yourself. So that they can have ultimate control. Okay. What do I mean by this? Is that. Betraying yourself can look a lot for different things. You like to go to church. You like to worship. The demon will try to get you to not do that. You have a bright future with education. The demon will tell you, no, you don't need to go back to school. You want to start a group for the glory of God, maybe a women's group or something like that. The demon will say, no, don't do that. You like to wear lipstick. The demon will tell you, no, don't wear lipstick because it does not look good. What I'm trying to tell you is that this is why it's important for you to be whole. Before you get into relationships, even friendships, because betraying yourself is not just about what you want to do on a physical level. It's about destiny. I know in my heart and in my soul, I want to wait until I'm married to have sex. But there's a demon in your life that's telling you that it's unrealistic to have that expectation that no man, no woman is going to wait to have sex with you until you're married. That is a demonic lie. You will have somebody, I had a girl who told me that she would rather stay with her baby father than go out and find a man that is going to do the same thing that her baby, that's a demonic thought. 
a demon, a man, a demonic man told her that because that's not true. That's not all that's out there. So you would rather betray yourself. You would rather stay in a situation, stay in a relationship where you know that this person, man or woman, is cheating. They have other households. They have other things because you don't believe that you can do any better. The demon has to get you to betray yourself because by betraying yourself, betraying your integrity, betraying your morale gives them ultimate control over you. So the demon will always be trying to get you to betray yourself, betray your aspirations, betray the dream and the vision that God gave you. I knew I was dating a demon one time when they told me that I shouldn't be doing this. And I had to rebuke him in the name of Jesus. I get emails from people across the world who tells me that this content, because I'm being obedient to God by doing this thing, expressing vulnerable pieces and parts of myself. You understand? Through this podcast. And I had somebody telling me, you should not be doing that. You shouldn't be talking about such things. Also, they will let me while I'm here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. While I'm here, I'm telling you. Part of betraying yourself is keeping your testimony inside. The demon won't want you to tell your testimony. The demon will tell you, no, don't talk about that. That's too deep. No, that's demonic. People will be saved by your story. People will be transformed by your story. Do you understand what I'm saying? I've been doing this for some years now, and I can tell you this is true. When you have somebody telling you not to tell your story, that is a form of betraying yourself, and it is demonic. Let me move along as time is going. Okay. They will usually come around when you are most vulnerable. Let me stay here for a second. Demons infiltrate your life when you are most vulnerable. When Jesus was tested in the wilderness, if you can't, don't know this story, go and read in the book of Matthew. The devil began to teep Jesus when he was at a very vulnerable point, tired, hungry, lonely. This is why after you leave a relationship, I'm telling you people, as a living person that went through this, have some time of singleness. Have some time to yourself where you're not dating nobody, where you're not having sex with nobody. And I'm not, pregnancy don't count. If you didn't have sex with nobody or didn't date nobody because you was pregnant for nine months, that don't count. I'm talking about making a decision that you are not going to date until you have had time to be by yourself. Give God a chance to build you up because that demon is around the corner waiting for you. You just got, when I just had gotten divorced, I wasn't even fully divorced yet. Let me keep it real. I wasn't even divorced yet. Demon came. And I dated this demon for three months. Had to get him up out of there. You understand? I was so vulnerable. Because, see, here's the thing. When you're coming out of a relationship, especially if that person treated you bad, you are willing to accept only a step above good treatment. You don't even know what good treatment is yet because you are still broken from the last relationship. And so the demon knows this. The demon can sniff you out. They know when you are vulnerable, so they will come after you and your baby dad have broke up, after you and your um, husband are done, after you and your wife are done, after your baby mama leaves you. Whatever the case may be, that demon will come when you are most vulnerable. Enjoy your singleness first. Please, I'm begging you, spend some time, at least three to six months of by yourselfness. Not having sex, not dating anybody. Give God a chance to build you back up so that your defense... Is back up because the demon will get you in a vulnerable moment and they will come as a knight in shining armor. Nobody is doing you a favor by treating you well. If you come from a man that has just got done treating you badly and then you meet a man that is open indoors, that is nice to you, speaks to you gently and kindly, he is not doing you a favor. If you just came from a relationship with a woman who was verbally or maybe mentally abusive and then you come and you meet a woman who is nice and kind, she is not doing you a favor. That is how you are supposed to be treated, my king. Him opening doors and being nice to you, that is how you're supposed to be treated, my queen. But when you come from a bad relationship, you can take those things and think, oh my gosh, this must be him. No. Give it some time first. Give that person the time. Keep your sex to yourself so that you're not blinded by good sex in order to see that demon. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Give it time. Give yourself time because those demons will always come around when you're most vulnerable. I can tell you another example on the flip side, not even being single. When I was married the first time, I can tell you every time me and my ex-husband would argue, I'm not joking. Guys would approach me that stepped out of Ebony magazine. I'm not even, and I would say, I would try to be, I'm married. No, thank you. I'm married. I had one demon tell me, but are you happy? Me and my ex-husband had just got into an argument. The reason I'm even outside taking a walk is because I'm mad at my ex-husband. This man approached me. The finest, I still to this day haven't seen a man that fine. A tall, dark, handsome glass of water approached me and said this. But are you, yeah, you're married, but are you happy? Are you happy for real? Is he treating you right? Why are you looking so sad then? If you, you talking about you married, why are you looking so sad? That's how the demons are coming at you. Do you understand? That's how the demons come. They come at vulnerable moments in your life. You say, I'm going to stop having sex until I get married. Watch the, child, watch the type of people that come to you wanting you after you make that declare. When you make it in your mind, you say, you know what? I love this girl. I'm going to be faithful to her. I'm not, you know what? I'm done cheating. Watch the type of people that come and approach you after you make that commitment. That's how demons thrive and they operate when you're most vulnerable. That's why it is important, people. Not only is it important to be single for us, at least a season, it's important that you stay in your word on a daily basis. Maybe you don't have a close enough relationship with God. Maybe you find the Bible boring. I found the Bible boring for a long time because I was trying to read it like a normal book. Okay, don't start there. Start with a Bible app. I use this Bible app called YouVersion. And for those of you that are against Bible apps, it lines up with scripture very well. That as, as time goes on, the Bible tells us that God is going to make the word more accessible to us on different levels. So we don't live in an age where people want to pick up physical Bibles no more. But guess what God did? God put the Bible on apps. I use a special one called YouVersion. Go and download it. It has all of the books of the Bible on there and it is easy to read because you can pick the translation. Spend time with your, with your Bible. Spend time in the Word. Pray. You know, if you're just a new, you know, a new person and you're just now getting into having a relationship with God, pray. Say, God, please protect me today. Protect my mind and my thoughts. Keep the demons away from me today. That's it. In Jesus name, amen. And go on about your business. Start somewhere. But it is important, you guys, to have on the armor of God because there are demons plotting on you every day that you wake up. I'm telling you. And they come through different entities. Let me keep going. They want you to be intoxicated or medicated in some way. Did you know that you can be with a demon that wants to keep you sick? That is very possible. There are demons that want to keep you, keep you medicated. Because they know once you get stopped being sick, once you get medicated, once you stop being medicated, excuse me, they know that you will be able to see clearly. You've never popped a perk in your life. All of a sudden you dating this dude, you dating this girl, and now you popping perks. You never, you never smoked weed every day, all day. Now you've been with this person for so long, you can't even function without having a blunt. I mean, multiple blunts a day. You can't even, you can't even function right. Medicated. The demon has to keep you medicated. You have diabetes. Let's just say, or you have some type of other sickness in your body. Let's say you have lupus. The demon knows that some of the keys to healing is in your diet. So what they try to do, they try to feed you all of these starches. They give you bread. You, you want, you want to give me toast and rice. And you know that I'm a diabetic and that starch will mess up my sugar levels. And then when you say that you want to eat something different, when you say you want to eat something different, they get mad at you. I had this happen to me. I'm telling you, this is my life. I'm telling you this. I wasn't diabetic, but I was pre-diabetic. And I was with somebody who kept trying to feed me. And this is subtle. Listen, the demons work so subtly. And when I would call out, yo, I can't have bread and rice. I can't have toast and rice. I'm cooking breakfast for you and you sitting up here complaining that it demonic. You have an autoimmune disease and they want you to be on all of these fried foods. They're purposely cooking all of these fried foods. And when you say something about it, I can't have this, they get mad at you. They want to keep you sick. Demonic control. Keep you medicated. Keep you sick. You understand what I'm saying? 
This is how demons operate. Let me keep going as I'm as the time is running down. Okay. They will isolate you. Okay. Demons have to isolate you. And they do this by way of fear. Like I said earlier, they will plant seeds of fear in you to get you to not want to be around nobody else. Okay. They will also try to discredit those around you because the demon knows or they will make up things. I don't want you hanging out with that person no more because she's this, this, and this. If you want our marriage to work, if you want our relationship to work, you have to cut that person off. Now, this is not in terms of the opposite sex. Tabinch and her husband, they, they did a, a episode um, not too long ago, a few Fridays ago. Go check it out. It's very good stuff about having friends of the opposite sex. It's not wise to do that. Now, even though I didn't agree with some of the things that Tab said in that video, the point of the video is very valid. You should not have friends of the opposite sex that should not be friends with both of you, period. And I'm saying this as a person, I have, I'm a single woman that has friends that are married. I'm friends with both of them, period. I am friends with both of them. Both of them have my numbers in their phone. You understand? Period. You, you don't want to do that. I'm talking about a person who does not want you to have friends, even of the same sex. They get mad when you want to go out. Now, going out with your friends too much, okay, I can understand that. That's not what I'm talking about. Females that are, you know, screaming this, I don't want no friends. And they have men that perpetuate that attitude. No, she don't need no friends. That is control. Because demons need you in a place. Demons need you in a mindset where their opinion is the only opinion that matters. I am careful when I go to churches and they say, you know, you don't want to have people that talk, you know, you, you shouldn't be talking to your relationship up with nobody else. There is some wisdom to that, some. But if you have Christian friends that are single and they are healed and they are happy and they are healthy, and you know that they will they are for your marriage, they are for the success of your marriage. Why not talk to them about the things that are going on? Why not? Even a Christian counselor. Why not have another perspective about what's going on? You could be being abused mentally and not know it because you have fallen under this false doctrine that you should not talk to anybody about what's going on inside of your marriage. And people are in bondage and have been in bondage for years because they have spouses that tell them, no, don't talk to anybody. They have pastors that perpetuate that lie. Don't talk to anybody about what's going on in your marriage. That is a demonic attitude and a demonic spirit. Pray and ask God for wisdom. If you need to talk to somebody about what's going on in your marriage, pray and ask God for wisdom about who to talk to. And I guarantee you, he will send somebody in your life. And if you have nobody, write into the podcast. Send us an email. We'll help you. We'll, we'll talk to you. We have Christian counselors here that are available. If you're in the Minneapolis or St. Paul area of Minnesota, I have an excellent outpatient therapy person that I can refer you to that you can talk to about the issues that are going on in your marriage because so many people are in bondage in their own marriage or not even marriage relationships with their baby mom or the baby dad or maybe they don't have children but they're in bondage because they don't know that the things that they are dealing with they don't they shouldn't be it's not right you also have demons that will perpetuate negative behavior in a relationship you have a man or a woman that cheats on you and they beat on you or maybe they have other family members and you have a mom that's telling you, girl, stay with him. Stay with that person. Demonic. They want you to stay with that person for reasons of their own. Maybe the person that you're with give them money for squares here and there. Maybe that person gives them money when they ask. Nobody sent from God will tell you to stay in a relationship that is hurting you. And by hurting you, I don't mean the natural discomforts that come with the relationship because there are going to be moments of unhappiness in any relationship, whether platonic or romantic. It's just the way we were human beings. You feel what I'm saying? So if somebody is making you happy all the time, somebody being fake. That's just period. But I'm talking about where you have, you know, mothers of sons who tell the girl that's trying to leave, stay with him, give it another chance. And this man is with another woman. He's been with another woman repeatedly throughout your relationship he's gone on and he's you know moved in with somebody else and the mom is telling you just stay pray about it no, that's demonic and i'm here to tell you, nobody in church is going to tell you this i'm telling you it's demonic you have kids by a man and your mother is telling you well just stay with him because you don't want to go out in these streets and find somebody else that will treat you bad demonic if that person is mistreating you 
if that person is abusing you, if that person is cheating on you, if that person has multiple families that they're taking care of and they're having sex still and bringing those spirits from another person back to you. If that person is, you know, going to the movies and going out to dinner with another person and you're finding out that is demonic activity and anybody who is telling you to stay in that and not do nothing about it is demonic as well. I'm here to tell you, I don't mind being the bad person. I don't mind being a bad person. God has revealed to me a long time ago that I'm going to say things on this podcast that are going to ruffle the feather, feathers. But that's what that is our model. Breaking the heart by having these breaking the heart to let the light in and to let the demonic out. That's the whole point of this show. I'm here to tell you. Now, with the last few minutes, I'm going to tell you one last thing. Two more things. Let me tell you. They will always have a higher alcohol or drug limit than you. You don't drink so much. That person drinks a lot. You don't get high as much. That person gets high as a lot of maybe different drugs. Demonic spirit, because this is the thing, especially my ladies. Now, my content is for men and women. Okay. But ladies, listen here. If you have a man that does drugs, drinks a lot, anything like that, soon that will be you. It is in a woman's nature to follow the man. Period. You don't do cocaine, but that man that you having sex with does, it's only a matter of time before you do it. You will want to be with him on every level. That is the power of sex. It will make you want to be with that person on every level. That is a demonic force trying to rope you in. Last point. They will drain you emotionally and spiritually, but they will reward you physically. All demons are sexually talented. She's a woman. That's a demon. She will ride you like a roller coaster. If he's a man, that's a demon. He will lay pipe like a plumber. I'm coming to you real like this. That's how that's how demons operate. Because when you don't have sex with a demon, they lose their power over you. So they will drain you emotionally and spiritually. You go to them about a problem. You go to them about liking and, and hardening and texting other girls on their phone and you know, you find out they're cheating, you come to them, they will beat you to the ground emotionally, spiritually, and sometimes even physically. They will make you uncomfortable about approaching them with the things that bother you. And then they will reward you with sex. Now, I'm not saying that every person that's good at sex is a demon. That's not what I'm saying. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm telling you that every demon is good at sex. You understand? Not causation, correlation. You understand what I'm saying? So it's not, oh, a person is good at sex. That makes them a demon. No, 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 no. But I'm telling you that all demons are good at sex. They have to be. That's the only way to truly and really infiltrate. Those are some of the ways that demons show up in a relationship, whether it be romantic or platonic, or whether it be a, a familiar relationship. Now, what do you do? If you feel honestly in your heart, that any of the things that I have said, and you are with a demon, maybe you're married to one. Maybe you have children by one. Maybe you're best friends with one. Maybe your favorite cousin is one. The first thing that you need to do right now is you need to get on your knees and you need to repent and ask God, God, I'm sorry for engaging in it. I'm sorry for marrying this demon. I'm sorry for having a baby by this demon. I'm sorry for having a relationship with this demon. And you don't run and cut the person off. That's not what you do. That's not wise. And some of us are in positions where we can't just cut the person off. But when you fall to your knees and you ask God to come into this situation, Father God, I am in relation with a demon. Help me. He will. He will give you wisdom. He will give you the tools that you need in order to get out of that situation. He will give you, if you have a friend that's a demon, he will give you new friends. If you're married to a demon, he will give you a biblical release or he will change that person to stop being demonic. If you have a family member that is demonic, that relation or a friend or something like that, somebody that you're not in romance with, that relationship will naturally deter. But we have to not be giving access to demons. You understand what I'm saying? We give access to demons by not including God in the relationship. Include God in that relationship. I recommend Christ, but you may have a different God that you give it to. I can tell you that whatever other God or whatever crystal or sage burning or core cutting that you think is going to work, nothing works like the blood of Christ. 
And you have to plead the blood over that relationship so that you can be back whole. Because one thing that demons do, they come to steal, kill, and destroy, just like their father, Satan. When those angels got kicked out of heaven, one of them was Satan, the rest of them were demons. And they are on the prowl. If you feel that maybe a demon has gotten to your child, you need to plead the blood of Jesus. And I'm not talking about being possessed. I'm talking about having a demonic mind, a demonic mindset. This is very real, people. Next week, I'm going to show you how real it is because I'm going to talk about how marrying the wrong person gives demonic influence over your life. There is a such thing as marrying the wrong person, guys. And by wrong, I mean not God ordained. There is a such thing. And nobody in the church is going to tell you this. This is why I'm not a pastor. You understand? I'm not a preacher. This ministry of the podcast, God gave this and put a word in my mouth. And I'm speaking to the people, but there is a such thing as marrying outside of God's will. And I'm going to tell you next week what that means. And I'm going to also tell you what to do if you believe that you have married outside of God's wills. But in the meantime, in between time, you could have been anywhere in the world. But you decided to be here with me. Oh, we're blowing up a little bit. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you decided to be here with me. And for that, I am forever grateful and forever. Thank you. Go ahead. And we got one more commercial coming. And uh, we're going to go ahead and close out with the question of the day. Are you looking for a podcast that is strictly for your children? We've got just the thing for you. Zambian-born YouTube sensation Angela Chimpende now has a podcast out called Stories for Kids. This includes all kinds of stories for children, including history for children. Check out the link in the description to get more information on this podcast. If you're looking for communities with Heartbreak Hill podcasts, join our private Facebook group called Heartbreakers. The link is in the description of this show to join. Heartbreak Hill podcast is now offering one-on-one sessions to help you with your podcast. Please visit our website to learn more information on how we can help you with your podcast. In order to help you get started with your journey, we are now offering a free podcast checklist. Please visit our website for more information on this checklist. Hello, beautiful people. Listen, that was some good stuff today, wasn't it? That was some good stuff that God put on my heart to speak to us about, okay? Dating the Demon Part 2. Now, if you are listening to those announcements, let me tell you, we are now offering one-on-one podcast services. If you would like to start your own podcast, we will help you here at Heartbreak Hill Podcast. We have been, this has been a long time in the making. We get emails about this all the time about starting a podcast, all of that. We got some master classes coming soon later on this year where you'll be able to just attend virtually. But if you want that one on one time and it's not an arm and a leg, okay, these people, I can't believe people are charging threes and fours and five thousand dollars to help people start their podcast. It's, listen, we will help you here, and I'm telling you that it will be affordable for you. Okay, you will sit down one on one with us here, and we will help you. We will give you the tools, we will give you exclusive event lists. Some of the events that I attend are podcasters only. We, you will have access to that. The discounts that we get, how um, this show that we're producing, you will get all of that in the one on one. Okay, to get started on your podcast journey, we have also made available to you a free podcast planning checklist. Okay, go to our website, Heartbreak Hill Podcast. And you'll find that under the resource section. Okay. And we will be able to help you. All right. Help you. If you have a word in your mouth that you want to say it to the people, or if maybe you don't even have a word in your mouth, you just want to interview people and work on those skills. We will help you. Okay. Let's get into the question of the day so I can give you guys the rest of your day back. Question of the day comes from Donica, West Point, Mississippi. Hey, I had a family reunion there one time. What's up, Donica? Says, hello, Rose Gold. I just want to say I love I just want to start by saying I love this show. And as an older woman, I can honestly say you have taught me so many things. Thank you so much, Queen. I appreciate that. That's the best compliment that people give me. Not so much as me teaching them, but the best compliment that I've ever gotten was you said something that helped me. Your story made me free. Because you spoke on this, I was able to escape this situation. Love, sister, love. Okay. Your stories and openness about your journey really helped me. I have been married to the same man for over 11 years. Since I did not grow up with a father and I am now educated, I noticed that there are a lot of things that I have accepted early on in our marriage that I no longer want to accept. He has a subtle way of putting me down when I get attention from others and he can be very jealous and dictatorial, I think is what she's trying to say, dictatorial sometimes. How can I address this behavior without being disrespectful to my husband? 
Well, Donica, I like how you said this because even in, in my episode that's coming out next week about uh, marrying the wrong person, like you still have a duty to honor your husband or your wife, even when they act in a fool, right? Now, honoring somebody does not mean accepting bad behavior. If you find that your husband is putting you down and doing things like that, first of all, when a man is doing that to a woman, uh, that's an in, he's inadequate in his own self. You know, um, that means that he has an inadequacy. So the first thing that I would do if I were you is I would address those things. I, I would address it when he does it. You know, I know that that's not in, unless it's in an open setting. So like if he puts you down in front of somebody else or he puts you down um, in front of your children or something like that, I will wait until it's just you two. I will be silent. I will be silent to the insults at first. And then when it's just you two one on one. I would approach those things. Don't let long time. Don't don't let a person go get away with this days and days and day. No, approach it when it's just you two. And you would say you're going to bring up exactly what it, when you said this and this. It made me feel like that. Now, sometimes people will gaslight you and say, well, you're being too sensitive or you're too this or you're too that. It's prayer time. You should pray, first of all, for your husband. And you should pray for God to reveal to you what it is that you should do in this situation. I would also recommend maybe some Christian counseling for you, because if he's doing these types of things, it's a high possibility that he's not going to want to go to counseling with you. But you still go and you talk to that person about what's going on so that you can get the actual tools. We don't have enough time for me to really break it down to you. But what I will tell you to do is don't do nothing. Don't allow a person to keep putting you down subtly. Okay. And it's subtle because they may say things, you know, I know what you mean by subtle. Subtle is like saying things that only you and him know. I remember that I was working with this couple and the man would now this woman, she was, uh, she had a missing finger on her hand and this husband, he would always say things in a joking way. Like, well, at least I got all 10 of my fingers. And he would say that in front of me sometimes. And I, because I was, you know, helping them in a church setting, I asked him, why does he keep saying things like that when he knows that she's missing a finger? What are you trying to do here? Stop letting him get away with it. I think that he's continuing to do it because you're not doing anything about it. You're not saying anything. So I would say approach it run on one. Why do you keep talking about how you have all of your fingers when you know that I'm missing a finger? As an example. Right. Don't let people get away, husband or not, because some of us have even parents that do this. Don't let people get away with doing that. I'm not telling you to be combative, but I'm telling you the worst thing that you can do is do nothing. Approach it in private. You still have a duty to honor your husband now. OK, but approach this thing. Ask God to give you the wisdom before I have difficult conversations with people that I love. I always pray first. You pray that, first of all, God gives them a heart to receive what you're saying. And then you ask that God give you the, the words to say. You understand what I'm saying? But approach it. And every time he does it, approach it. And if he can't stop doing it, then you need to bring somebody else, maybe another man. If he doesn't have a man, you, you made up, a, if he doesn't have a man in his life that he looks up to, a friend. If he doesn't have any friends, a pastor. If he doesn't have a pastor, then you may have to go to the women in his life. Maybe a mother or a father, bring them into the conversation. There's a, in Matthew, in the book of Matthew, there's a way that um, God has a kind of a order of hierarchy of how we approach people that offend us. Follow that order of hierarchy. I'm not gonna tell you what it is because I wanna encourage you to read your Bible if you are a believer. But even if you're not a believer, if you go to the book of Matthew or even Google how to approach offense with another person, there's a hierarchy. You know, it starts by going to that person one on one. If one on one doesn't work, then you bring in, you know, one uh, one more person If one more person. Bring it in front of the church. You know what I mean? Go by that order is what I would say. But still remain honorful to your husband. Don't 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 insult him in front of others because he's insulting you and God will reward you. There are rewards for honoring your spouse, even when they act like a fool. And I'll tell you something else. Since he a man, you know, one of the major differences, people like to play this game of, you know, we've been together a long time. So that's like we're married. No, 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 no. There are specific principles for married people. And one of them is when the husband is mistreating the wife or not being nice to her, God punishes him. You don't get that same type of uh, protection when you 
are a baby mom or when you've been dating somebody for a long time. It don't matter if y'all been together 15 years, unless you guys are under that covenant by paper. Yes. By doctrine and by paper. This same type of thing doesn't apply. But I'm telling you as a wife, when he's mistreating you, you got to bring God in that and God will whip him. He will. God will force him to listen to you. God will begin to attack his finances and things like that if he doesn't uh, clean up how he's treating you. So that, that would be my advice. Says My advice to you, uh, dear Donica, is do not, don't do nothing. Don't allow him to keep doing that. And especially if the insults are subtle to where only you and him know that it's an insult, that's called dog whistling. And it's a, it's a psychological tactic and it's borderline abusive. Don't do nothing. Approach that thing as many times as you have to. And if he's still doing it, then you follow those steps that I've outlined or that God has outlined in the book of Matthew. And you approach that thing. But in the meantime, also get some Christian counseling. You know, if you're in the Minneapolis or St. Paul area, I have an excellent therapist that I can refer you to. Wonderful woman. Um, if you're not in the St. Paul or Minneapolis area, there are plenty of other places that you can go um, in your area that can help you with this type of thing. Go to a counselor so they can give you step by step instructions. Okay. That's my answer. Listen, again, ladies and gentlemen, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you decided to be here with us and we do not take it for granted. Make sure you tune in next week because that, uh, dear God, I married the wrong one. That's going to be something else. It's going to be one for the hook. I love you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Heartbreak Hill Podcast. Our mission here is to use multimedia channels to break generational curses in our thought process. Our motto here is breaking hearts, blowing minds, one conversation at a time. Please note that our entire production is brought forth by listeners and viewers just like you. Thank you. If you'd like to support the show, please visit our website at heartbreakhillpodcast.com.